You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Actually, it's the the lead play in our our offense. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. If you want to email the show, you can send a message to Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text the show at 865-658-5824. I got a special guest on with us tonight. Emilio's out running the town. Jacob is Lord knows where. And, uh, you know, Tim, Tim's probably doing something way more productive than hanging out with us. But we've got Jake Chavine from the It's Always Draft Season podcast, uh, does a phenomenal job breaking down everything college football for the Packernet Podcast Network. Jake, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, we have, obviously, some great games going on right now. Georgia and Missouri are in a dogfight right now. It's it's a Unless Georgia has, has uh, stretched it to 11, I don't know. I just came up right before while they were driving, but it's been pretty good. I, I, I am, I'm excited to see how USC Washington goes tonight. That should be a great one. And obviously Bama LSU, yes. everybody's a headliner this week. It, it We're getting into the real meat of like, all right, some of these elite teams, good teams, they got to play each other now. And, and oh man, it, it, you, you get into those, those matchups. It's a lot of fun. And plus you get to see all the top prospects get against their top competition. That they're going to face all year. And that's, that's as good as it gets. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm currently monitoring uh, Florida State and Pitt, which oh, man. Pitt, you know Pitt's two and six. Florida State, the number four team in the country, and Florida State's only up by three. And yeah, uh, and and Pitt lost by fifty one last week to Notre Dame. <laughs> and here they are, and here they are, just mm-hmm. saying, you know what? Let's just take Florida State to the wire. How about it? How about we do that this week instead yeah. of getting. 58 it, dropped on us. So, and of course, Notre Dame gets beat. Gets really, it, it never felt like they were ever going to win that game. Um, and obviously, they didn't. They they dropped one to Clemson. You got a, uh, was it? Uh, 
Dabo down there doing uh doing his victory lap in the post game. <laughs> buy and stock then, while we're five and four, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, exactly. I said buy stock. Um, and then I'm also looking at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. You know, Oklahoma obviously number nine, Ohio or Oklahoma State. Uh, number 22 in the country, and it's 21 to 17 right now, about to start the fourth quarter. Uh, Oklahoma is winning at the moment, and it looks like they are driving. So good college football. And here's what we're going to do today, gang. Um, If we have time, we're going to preview the Packers-Rams a little bit. But we wanted to – let's be real a minute, okay? I think everybody – Nobody wants the football season to be over, obviously, and and we're all we're going to continue to watch the Packers. We're going to continue to root on the Packers, all that. But everybody's kind of side eyeing the draft a little bit already, going, "Okay, where are we going to be picking? What's it look like coming out?" I like to back up a little bit and go before we even think about moving forward. This is just me and my narrow mind. I can't do two things at once. I want to kind of take a step back and go, which rookies are performing really well this year, and and are any of the Packers rookies? kind of in that class, right? So what I did, Jake, was I put my top 20 uh, from my big board last year. I put it on paper and kind of found those players and, and seen who were the busts so far. Obviously, it's a long season. And and those that maybe have shined a little bit. And we'll also talk about some some others that are kind of, kind of creeping up that you're going, whoa, didn't see that one coming out of the woodwork. But I want to ask you this. You did a mock draft earlier. I think it was last week where you took Jaden Daniels in a second round, right, at quarterback. Yeah. And, of course, he is PFF's number one graded quarterback in college football right now. Am I understanding that right? That is correct. Uh, And yet still people I got in the comments of that mock draft on Twitter. (laughs) How how on earth could you pick a guy who uh, flipping sucks? I'll leave it at that. We'll we'll keep it a little PG here. Um, (laughs) They were they were not pleased uh, with the Packers taking him. They're like, how can you take this guy? He stinks. Uh, don't know which Jaden Daniels you're watching. Maybe 2021 Jaden Daniels, perhaps. That's who you think of when you think of him. But this year, I mean, granted, he has two of two of the best receivers in the nation right now. Uh, one is, I think, going to be probably top 15 pick at least, if not top 10. Then another who has jumped all the way up to 24th on Brugler's big board midseason. So, all right. All right. Yeah, so this the offense has has some serious talent there, but Jane Daniels was also in the Brooklyn Big Board, forty third. Just saying, yeah. he's moving up, and it's really it's really hard not to go down the line and be like, all right, who's had the best year at QB? I don't know if he's first for me right now in terms of just, but PFF obviously has him up there. I think Bo Nix has played extremely well this year too. Yep. Uh, Penix was these last couple of weeks; it's been a little shaky, but it, the quarterback class. If a lot of these guys declare, which you know, COVID, I don't even know how many years of eligibility some of these guys will have left, right? It'll be nice when 2021 is like the first year that that we're counting eligibility. It's like, all right, now we can kind of figure out who's actually like a junior, who's in their sixth year or whatever. But Daniels is, like I said, he's playing well. He he looks comfortable. He looks calm. And, and he looks like that that everything post-snap, he, he is processing things really well. And that's something where it wasn't happening at Arizona State. It wasn't even happening last year a ton. It just feels like you're tuning an offense. He he's finally found his groove, and it's it's exciting. Heck yeah, good stuff. And of course, like I said, uh, you know he'll he'll be playing tonight. You know LSU going up against Bama. I'm a I'm a big Saban fan, man. I just I love his. Yeah. I mean, he's the goat, right? 
Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see what old Brian Kelly, uh, my family down there, uh, brings to the table against Bama tonight. Of course, me being a Notre Dame fan, you guys, you, got, you always got to throw Brian Kelly a little shade. But let's go to the chat here real quick. want to give a shout-out to everybody. We got Derek in the house. We got Josh Martin, Chad Inc., Deadfish. Um, let's see Zane Strong in here. We got Drew. We got Boz. Um, all kinds of folks in here. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Goose in the house. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Adam Block just jumped in here. Good stuff, guys. Like I said, we're just going to talk. We're going to mix it up a little bit. We're going to look ahead a little bit to the draft and go, or I'm sorry, look back on the previous draft and go, okay, what did we miss, right? And uh, and also, did we did we land a, a a diamond or two, right? A little diamond in the rough, there, a little gem. So, um, in the chat, let's see if anybody's got any questions real quick before we start nerding out here. Um, just a couple of comments. Let's see here. Deadfish says, "Happy Saturday, uh, not all." Don't forget to set your clocks back tonight. Is that tonight, Jake? That is tonight. It makes it it makes it a heck of a lot easier to get up for what should be a great game early in the morning with Chiefs Dolphins. So that's yeah. very helpful. I will there you say. go. Good way to, way to focus on the positive. Yeah. Derek in the chat says, "I'm praying this team figures figures just a little something out to give me some better feelings about my squad." Same here, man. You know, yeah. I, I was thinking about this earlier, uh, Derek and Jake. When I when I woke up, I was like, you know we can kind of shift our focus now to some of the young guys, right? Not that Matt's just going to play all the young guys. I don't, I don't think that's going to, I don't think much is going to change in that regard. They're going to go out and try to win every game. Um, You know, obviously I I can't say the same for Goody, but (laughs) they're going to go out and try to win every game, but it does make me really, really want to key in on, okay, the the young guys, right? Because I'll be real, you know, we were talking about this being an evaluation year and, and it's so true, but at the same time, I do find myself going, man, I wish Jaden Reed could get 100% of the snaps, right? I wish Luke Musgrave could could get some seam balls, right? Um, that type of thing. So I, I think I'm going to start leaning a little more in that direction rather than what are we doing with this personnel on third and short? You know what I mean? So yeah. just kind of a broader look at things for sure. Um, let's yeah, see definitely. here. Zane in the chat says, working this uh, overtime and some PTA, such a good way to end my work day and or work week. I'm sorry. Go Pack Go PTA Posse. Appreciate you swinging through, Zane. It's awesome that you can do this at work, man. There's a lot of people jealous right now. I guarantee you that. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's jump into – oh, no, Josh, don't do it to me. How are you going to do me like that, man? Read that for me there, Jake. I can't do it. I can't read that either. All right. Talk, all to, right. talk to seven rings. Talk to Josh, seven rings, baby. Josh Martin says Saban's overrated. I'm sorry, buddy. Can't can't get on board with that, man. Can't get on board with that. Probably, uh, yeah, just, just can't do it. Sorry. Um, I probably should have hit him with this. Sure maybe, maybe. <laughs> you sure about that? They, they, they have the gall to do it right now. If they get everybody back, not named maybe like Dallas Turner, who's definitely going to be a high pick. Mm-hmm. Like if Milro and all these guys come back, they're going to be so dangerous next yeah. year. Oh, man. We're going to be talking realize, a lot about them. I didn't realize the specimen that Milro is. Oh, my God. Yeah. He yeah. was standing there. First of all, they had Nick Saban on a post-game interview with a, you know, one of the, the smaller stature reporters, right? And she's interviewing Saban. Saban, a little bit taller than her. And then they pan the camera over to, to Jalen. I was like, holy cow, dude. Yeah. I'm talking about arms like this, bro. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's a hoss for sure. Give him another year to figure out the offense, get comfortable, get settled, a lot like Daniels did. And, and yeah, next yeah. year is going to be a problem. No doubt. All right, let's waste no more time. Thanks to everyone in the chat. We appreciate you. Let's get down to it. So, again, what we were going to do, 
is kind of look back on the previous draft and say, okay, what surprised us? Maybe what hit? I'm just going to flash this up. Guys, if you can't read it, it's okay. I'm going to rattle it off real quick. This was my PTA big board, okay? Now, understand, when I put my big board together, I am not a scout. I don't look at the tape and go, okay, I think this player is better than that player. I basically take a handful of people that I really trust and compile all that information together. I almost I, Essentially, I use their information as my scouting information, basically. Like they're my personal scouts. Okay. I put the board together. I put a little more weight in some people's opinion rather than others. Like Greg Cosell, I'm really, really big on. Um, obviously, you guys know I like PFF. I, I lean on PFF a lot. A lot of people scoff at it. Look at Puka Nakua and tell me why you should scoff at it moving forward because he was the, the top graded wide receiver. To the best of my knowledge, Jake, he finished the season as the best best wide receiver according to PFF, I believe. He was definitely in the top five. And then, of course, he comes out this year, and he's the, the top performing receiver. But he, he had a ridiculous, ridiculous yards per route run against man coverage last year. Ridiculous number. It's an elite number. Like, we kind of honestly should have gone like, all right, well, <laughs> that he was, oh, he's just beating man coverage at a ridiculous rate. Hmm, okay, so zone coverage won't be a problem then. Uh, so, I mean, it. It is really cool. I remember I remember highlighting Puka, well, and we'll get to it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is really cool to see like PFF has that stuff with yards per route run against zone and man. I'm yeah. keeping a heavy tabs on that right now uh, with the top receivers in this draft because it, it's loaded. So. Good deal. I'm going to be picking your brain so much this offseason, dude. Yeah, All right, right, so I'm going to rattle them off real quick. We're just going to focus on the top 20, okay? These were my top mm -hmm. 20 on my big board. I had number one, Jalen Carter, defensive lineman. Number two, quarterback Bryce Young. Number three, edge defender Will Anderson. Number four, cornerback Christian Gonzalez. Number five, quarterback C.J. Stroud. Number six, cornerback Devin Witherspoon. Uh, number seven, edge, Tyree Wilson. Number eight, quarterback, Will Levis. Got really scolded for that one. Uh, number nine, quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Number 10, halfback, Bijan Robinson. Number 11, cornerback, Joey Porter Jr. Number 12, edge defender, Miles Murphy. Number 13, offensive tackle, Peter Skaronsky. Uh, Number 14, offensive tackle, Broderick Jones. Number 15, offensive tackle, Paris Johnson. So you've seen a cluster of tackles right there in the middle of the first round. Um, my top receiver coming at the number 16 spot, it was wide receiver Jordan Addison. Uh, number 17 was edge defender Lucas Van Ness, our own. Uh, number 18, this one breaks my heart, Brian Branch. Um, number 19, edge defender Nolan Smith. And number 20, wide receiver Quentin Johnston. Okay, so that's – that was my top 20, and you can see the rest there if you want to pause pause the show and, and check out the list yourself, screenshot it, whatever you want to do. Make Hold me accountable, okay? That's what we need more than anything. But mm -hmm. um, anything on that list or off the bat that I rattled off that you think, hmm, that surprised me, or does that does that all look? And listen, hold no punches, Jake. All right, I am 110% a novice at this. So you tell me what you think about that list just right off the bat. I don't think there's anything super out of place. I think – I think the one thing that was really difficult for a lot of people, because I think it's, it's hard to, all right, when you're building the big board, right? Like, do you just go off of like, all right, this guy's the best player, or do you have like positional value come into account? Because teams obviously have that, right? Teams are valuing certain positions higher, Clayton, often, often your tier one positions that you talk about, right? They're heavily invested in those positions. So ranking Bajan Robinson was probably the hardest thing people had to do. I put him at three because he's just that good. Like it was yeah. just like, okay, just probably not going to miss like the low probability to miss prospects, like just making guys miss every which way quicks power balance, what, what, what have you. So Bijan being a little bit lower, I don't think it's necessarily wrong per se. Cause it's again, it's a positional value thing. 
because I think PFF had him pretty low. Others had him a little bit lower. Like there, there was a whole conversation about, okay, well, if you have Bijan that high, you should be drafting him that high. Like if you're in a, if you're in a room, you're telling me you're going to draft him that high. And I'm like, yeah, all right, sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. I mean, Kyle, Pitt, Kyle Pitts went fourth. I mean, I, I think I would take rather take Bijan fourth based on like the, the talent coming out. Not that Kyle Pitts wasn't extremely talented as well, but like Bijan just is, it's, I mean, he was, he was outstanding. Other than that, I don't think there's anything too crazy in terms of like building that out. Right. I think like you mentioned, the tackles were really close. I, I, it was, it was almost just like, all right, you know, what do you view Skaronsky as? If you viewed him as a guard, you probably didn't have him first necessarily. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you, did you, did you bet on the potential of, of, of a Broderick Jones where you had him a little bit higher right with based on the ceiling right were you capping your grades with ceiling grades involved in them right and into that ranking so there was a lot there i think do you want to hear why where i brian branch it might be even worse yeah, let's hear it let's hear it 10th you had him 10th all right yeah yeah right, so you had him 10th and i had yeah, him, i did i had him 18th yeah i'll tell you what man hey let's let's waste no time yeah let's, let's look at it let's take, let's, look. let's take a look now it may be hard to read if you can't read it i can call it out to you but these we had the way PFF's rankings are, guys. You can't just say, okay, all offensive, all defensive players, everybody yeah. together. Here's your overall ranking. So, what we did first is defense. All right. So, let's see. Let's let's just focus on Brian Branch. Then we'll come back to the main main <laughs> portion of the list here. Brian Branch grading out as the seventh best defensive rookie this year at a seventy-seven point five. So, Jake, dude, you nailed it, man. I mean, come on, dude. You had him tenth on your board, right? I had him eighteenth. Okay, Um, so he was the number seven defender amongst rookies this year. What and and here's the trouble I have with it. I want I I seen him as a safety. I'm like, man, that dude can play safety. And when you say when you talk about playing a player at safety, right? And and people say, well, he's really just a cornerback. Immediately, two things come to mind. Okay, that means they don't think he can tackle, which he can, or they think he's undersized, which he probably is undersized a little bit for a safety, right? So Mm -hmm. I would have been perfectly fine with them taking Brian Branch as our safety. And uh, if you don't believe me, watch the game tomorrow opposite Rudy Ford and think what it would be like to have Brian Branch back there running around. But what did you see in Brian Branch that that made you so high on it, man? I think it's just, one, I think it's how Saban talks about him. He talked the same way about Minka Fitzpatrick, who played corner, who played the star position that Branch played and played safety at Bama. And Saban always called Fitzpatrick the most that the like the most intelligent and and like intellectually gifted player he played around he coached around that, that he ever had on defense and he didn't quite go that far with branch but he talked about branch in such a light where it just felt like okay like i know these coaches are going to prop up their players they do that right that that's that's part of right kind of selling them to the teams a little bit like this is the pitch i have for you on, on this player but when it comes to branch it was just okay they're sticking him in the star position because a, like you said, they know that he is going to fill and tackle because he's that good at it. He was, he, he was just, I don't know how uh, you mentioned it a lot uh, leading up to the draft, how many tackles he missed per PFF last year. It was really low. It was like the lowest missed tackle rate of like any DB. I think. No, it, this is this. I remember the stats specifically. He had the highest tackle success percentage of any defender at any position in the PFF era. There you go. That, that's linebackers, that's safeties, that's defensive linemen, everybody. Meaning when he's presented the opportunity to tackle, he was more consistent tackling than any other player in the PFF era. Yeah. It, it's just, so they're sticking him there because, A, he can do that, right? And I think the, the one thing everybody had the question marks with him was like, okay, how, how 
functional athleticism relative to the NFL, right? Is he going to be elite in that area? And I'm like, well, okay. Safety to me is so much about your intelligence and and not, it's not as much reaction as it is right. Kind of deciphering before things happen. And I think branch just, even if he did it from the slot, I think he was just really intelligent. And also, you know, he's opening up to reading up concepts, you know, when he's, when he's the slot defender, Right. There are times where, you know, you get trips to a side or you get two receivers to a side. And really what he's doing is, is often what you see a lot of linebackers and safeties do. They open up to the side they're responsible for. He, he's, he's got eyes on everybody. He knows, OK, if this guy's coming to my zone, I have him. If he's going flat or if he's running across at a dragger, I have him. Like, I think he, he was built for 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 the game of of quarters. He was built for the Fangio scheme where it was all like match principles. And I think he would he would have come in in any Fangio defense and be like, yeah, I, I know where I need to be when this happens, when this happens, like all that stuff. So the intelligence was there. The other part of it was it just didn't like, you know, when you talk about athleticism, watch him close when he blitzes, right? Watch him close from off coverage. Watch him carry Jonathan Mingo up the seam and break up the pass to win the game against Mississippi, who everybody loved Mingo because he ran really fast and he was a tremendous athlete. I remember you mentioned got, Yeah, and I, that, that was the biggest thing where people were like, okay, he's not a great athlete. Okay, but – Bingo's a great athlete on the field, right? And everybody goes, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, here, watch this play. Go watch this play. Go watch him carry him guy up the seam and break up the pass. It's like it's when he knows what's going on, right? It doesn't matter if he's a little bit slower. He's going to be right with you if he knows what route you're running, if he knows what concept's coming his way. So all of that to say, like, no matter where you stick him, if you stuck him at safety, if you let him play the box, if you're letting him play in a half, deep half, right, in, in one of a quarter's defense, or you're just you, you're sticking him you know, where he played a lot of Bama, it doesn't matter. He's going to do his job. He felt like a Belichick guy as well. I'm kind of surprised that that didn't materialize either. Uh, but I, I just, there was, there was nothing to me where it's like, okay, yeah, maybe you can't stick him out an outside corner, but like, okay, that's not, that's not what he is, right? We're, we're, we're grading him as a slot and a safety. He was just, he, he's so good. I, I just don't, there was nothing where I'm like, oh yeah, this is, this is a red flag, right? Could he have been higher on this list? Maybe on my big board, maybe. But like it, it was just okay. Come in, be rock solid for you know a decade, and yeah. you know get, get your flowers after that. Exactly, and and what he's talking about, like I'm sure people were going, okay, Jake, if you if you've seen him run with Mingo down the seam, right? Then why are people saying he's a bad athlete? His RAS was five point two seven to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. So that immediately scares everybody off. And and listen, there there is a portion of the fan base that Goody does no wrong, right? And if Goody doesn't select a player with a lower RAS than whatever, 8.7, whatever it is, then, you know, well, it must be the proper way to draft. I'm telling you, that's what's so special about what's going on in Detroit. He's looking for football players. People are willing to stick their nose in a buzzsaw and just and willing to go out there and fight for each other. And, and for all the people that want to pretend like, oh, well, you need to be – it needs to be a cold business and these players don't need to be attached. Look at the way – that that you know the 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 kneecap muncher <laughs> coaches his team it's emotion on his sleeve and not emotion like like i'm sad it's the i remember on hard knocks when he said we're this close and he started tearing up he said we're this close and he said it drives me crazy because i want it so bad for you guys if you only realize just how close you are right and those are the type of guys he wants. He wants people that are emotionally charged and people that are going to kind of buy in together. And I think you get that in Brian Branch. What you were talking about with the defense, I probably watched, and I'm not exaggerating, I probably watched uh, 
at least four, maybe five hours of Nick Saban cover six coaching clinics. And he would have came into this Fangio style. <laughs> and, and, and people say, well, he would have played nickel. Darn it. That means he's 25 points higher, according to PFF, on his grade than Keyshawn Nixon. And then Keyshawn Nixon can just focus on returning punts, right? <laughs> it's like the Brian Branch edition has made it. I, I don't know if people like have realized this, right? It, the Brian Branch edition has made people kind of forget that, that Chauncey Gardner Johnson got hurt and it hasn't been there all season for them. <laughs> right. Like there's part of it's like, okay, yeah, if, if, if Branch wasn't there, they probably would have stuck Gardner Johnson in that position and let Walker and, and Joseph play the safety spots because he's there and they got him at 45. He's just comes in and just says, all right, yeah, this is the job you want me to do. I will take care of it. I, I This will not be a weakness for your team immediately. And and he has proven that to this yeah, point. Definitely. A um, couple of comments. Oh, and here is the thing. I got one as well. Who was the, the other safety on that, on that board, right? Jordan battle, I believe was the other one. That's pretty high graded. Let's see. Let me pull it up here real quick. Pretty sure. Right. Let's see. Bang. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's Jordan for those, Battle. Out, for those out there interested, Jordan Battle's RAS was a 5.9. <laughs> this is interested. Listen, also we, another Bama safety on top of it. Look at right. the Bama safeties just kicking butt because that's all they did. They all moved around all over the place. Battle did the same thing. He was playing deep sometimes. He was playing near the box. He was doing all that stuff as well. So, Oh, look, intelligent safeties, maybe not the most tremendous athletes, even though, you know, Jordan Battle ran a four, five, five. That's that's pretty good for safety. <laughs> and and because his explosion and agility grades weren't good, he went in the third round and by the way, has been huge for Cincinnati, who lost both their safeties last yep. offseason. Yep. And, and that's why they're starting to round it up for him. So in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But I do think I think Goose makes a good point. But I know we're going to get to that question too. I mm-hmm. I get that, but I I agree with what Adam said as well. Like they need a star at the star position, and it's it just stinks that one was sitting there and they traded out of that pick. Like they didn't you didn't have to take him. You didn't have to take him at thirteen. Nope. It's, what's crazy about it? You had three opportunities to take him, and you didn't. Yeah. Three. And to to meld this together, what it means to the Packers season. I know some people are going. Jordan Battle don't play for us. Brian Branch don't play for us. When when we break down the tape, right? When I break down the tape on Chalk Talk, the main question I get about this defense is: You're defending Joe Barry, saying it isn't his fault. Then who's coaching up these guys, right? Why aren't they performing? Why are they missing tackles? Why are they blowing assignments? Let me answer that for you. They don't have the experience in the Fangio zone match defense. Therefore, we're having to mold it into a cover one man look with a little bit of hole, a little bit of spinner, a little bit of robber, all those things. We're having to change our defense because the GM is drafting high RAS guys, high athletic guys over people who have been proven to play in a certain system and they play fundamentally sound tackling and they don't blow their scheme. They don't blow their assignment. That's been the number one thing I've noticed about this defense. I'm not allowed to say it because immediately it's you're a Joe Barry fan. Joe Barry needs to be fired. Listen, I have never one time in my entire adult life said Joe Barry was a great defensive coordinator. I'm simply showing you what is on the tape. (laughs) And I never find myself going, man, that was a bad scheme. I always find myself going, missed tackle, missed tackle, blown assignment, missed tackle. And, and again, this is, that's always the answer I come back to Jake. When people ask me that is real simple. I say, listen, we're drafting high ceiling athletic guys, as opposed to, you know what the floor is, Right. And they're fundamentally sound, both in tackling and not blowing coverage. That's right. and, and and that's what you're going to get. You're going to get inconsistent play. Which, yeah. by the way, we would all agree, the defense isn't the biggest problem, and that's what sucks. <laughs> so. Right? Yeah, that's that's the other part. Yeah, that's the yeah. other part of the equation, right? Like, I, the the physical gifts and stuff fires the imagination. It does, and Absolutely. that's what and that's why you get guys like Trayvon Walker going first. Right, not to go even further back in the draft, but that's why a guy like that goes first because he's giant and he changes direction like like he's like he's two forty and he's like two seventy, right? So these guys get all these great ideas of okay, like how good can this guy be? Which is fair. Like when you have all the physical stuff, it's it's if you if you commit yourself, you can be you know potentially all time great, right? Having those physical gifts is a, is a, is a blessing for sure. But then you also have these guys who just come in and know how to play, right? And I and 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 I think we we kind of overlook like what NFL athleticism is, right? And I think like okay, there are guys that 
it's it's cool that like DK Metcalf can chase down a guy with like and prevent a pick six. Like that stuff is really cool. But to me, what's really cool is every week going to Detroit's film and being like, all right, so Branch has this assignment, this assignment, this assignment this week, and he's crushing all of them. And like it's just is doing what he needs to be doing. Is it missing tackles? Right. And then uh, it's 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 a little bit of a struggle. It, it's why it's it's so hard for me sometimes to be like, oh man, we're we're swinging for the fence again. Yep. Sweet. Right. Like it, it's it's cool when you do that, but you know, like in baseball, the strikeout rate's going to be high if you're swinging for the fence all the time. So yeah, you can hit, Goody. I promise you can hit singles and doubles. It's a <laughs> doable thing. We can do that. We can do that. We can. Wow. We're allowed. Um, Goose in the chat said, how many of the best safeties are first round picks? I know you kind of touched on it there. Talking about Hamilton, talking about Branch. Yeah, but again, Goose, if you know without a shadow of a doubt that like we just pointed out here, and, and no, it wasn't a smart comment, bro. You, you, the comment you made just now and asking questions, bro, please don't ever think yeah. that we take stuff oh, out yeah, yeah. at all. Um, I think it's very fair. With that perspective, when did, where did you say that Jordan Battle was draft, drafted third round? Third, third round, yes. Okay. So, you know, it's okay to take a player around yeah. ahead if you know he's the guy. But what that tells you is Goody didn't think he was the guy. Why did he not right. think he was the guy? Because yeah. of the, high, the, the low athletic score. I imagine so. so. Yeah, I imagine that's so. yeah. And again, I don't want to. I, don't Which, want this to I mean, a lot of teams passed on him as well, right? He went forty fifth. Like, I think there's you know potentially a fundamental question to ask there. A lot of GMs, right? I know we're we're obviously focused on Goody because this is this is Packers total access, right? But I think sure. it's also prudent to talk about like you know what happened here. Why is everybody missing down the board? Like, why are we not you know picking this guy? A little earlier i know some of the corners fell in the draft right there was a lot of talk about that but mm-hmm. it just seems like a player like that especially in the age we are defensively that matters a lot like i know maybe it's it wasn't popular especially like kyle hamilton had the same issue right where he's like oh he's running the 40 and like running like teetering a little bit back and forth when he's doing so but like he is exceptionally crucial to what mike mcdonald is doing in baltimore right now they could not be as effective as they are without Hamilton. And when you're in the Fangio type of schemes across the league, safety play is, is paramount. You have to know where you need to be. If you're out of position, we're going to know on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're going to know. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Uh, C-Dub, appreciate you dropping in, man. Um, appreciate the love there. Let's see here. Uh, we've got uh, Jason's in Copper says, have the players lost confidence in the coaches? Well, um, it, it, I don't, you know, it's hard for anybody to say that confidently, uh, you know, creations. But, I, you know, you got the vibe last year that the def, that the defenders didn't believe in the scheme they were running. They switched it up a bit, right? Um, and then, of course, this year, like I said, many people still don't understand just how much cover one man they're playing. Um, so they've obviously – Joe Barry has given in and changed it. And if you'll notice some of the huge plays that are given up on defense, some of the explosives, they almost always come against cover one man. That's the whole idea of the quarter's coverage, right? Now, I'm just speaking specifically on defense. If we were to switch over to offense and ask the same question, it sure feels like it, Jake. And, and again, I don't want this to – I don't want every episode yeah. to be negative. But right, right. if you see it, you got to say it. How could you have confidence in it right now, right? I mean – Yeah, it's, it's a lot of like, okay – Joe Barry's kind of trying to fine tune. Okay, well, this is what you know Goody has given me. 
uh, how do we make this work? And I think the one of the more interesting parts of how do they make this work, I think, is 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 at edge too, uh, because this is a three four, folks. What do you usually have in a three four defense? Well, usually two hundred and forty to two hundred and fifty pound outside linebackers who can drop into coverage. Goody has never liked that, right? They like the two hundred and seventy pound edge rushers who kind of can't drop into coverage. Now that's also probably Smith can't cover. Is that what you're saying? (laughs) Did you not see the pass breakup? Listen, he, he might be able, he might have the, 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 the skill set to cover guys against Minnesota. Uh, But Devontae Adams, hmm, Justin Jefferson though, that's, that's the other one, right? From last year, everybody talks about, Uh, but I think that's, again, I think if you, but also to be fair to Goody, I think he's he's trying to get you know hyper athletes at the position to potentially have guys who can do that. So you know, like a Van Ness, like a Gary, who are really really great athletes, you know, who have maybe that potential to do so. But it's it's tough to like figure. Okay, we've got you know, in my opinion, when 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 they had Amos and Savage, it was like okay, both of these guys kind of excel more around the line and ten yards from the line. Who's better, you know, deeper down the field? And I think that was the issue with the Savage pick. They're trying to figure out where Savage does his best work. It just felt like maybe Savage's best work is the robber in a lot of those cover one looks, right, mm-hmm. where he can kind of diagnose in that short area and break on the ball, right. Was he built for a Fangio scheme? It does. I don't think so. No, right. Not like it, it, that, that seems very clear. So now he has to worry about that at safety where it's kind of a depleted position. It was coming into the year, right? Maybe not so worried about corner, but then you have to worry about, okay, linebackers. We've got two hyper athletic linebackers. How do we figure out, okay, if an edge needs to drop, like there's so much that, that Barry has to think about. Right. And it just seems like kind of the front and then the back seven are not quite necessarily mirrored for what maybe he wants to do. And that's partially on Goody, maybe not communicating like, okay, maybe we wanted this. And, and LaFleur should have brought in a coach who maybe prioritize these bigger edges who can, who can rush and defend the run. It's a complicated issue because I just feel like not everybody's completely on the same page. Yeah. No, I think that's very so, well said. An example too, of like what he's talking about of, you know, Savage being more of a robber top safety. Typically in a robber, you got two on the shelf, right? You got two safeties on the shelf. It's going to turn out to be end result, cover one man. You've got a deep safety, and the other safety is going to rotate into a short zone, short mid zone, right? So you're covering an eight yard radius, right? Roughly, something somewhere around there. Um, so him diving in, covering a short space, absolutely. But in a Fangio style, when you're playing a quarters zone match, he's got to key in, like on in a, in a trip set, especially, but even a two by two set, he's got to know that. If the number two goes deeper than seven yards, whatever the call is, by the way, there's like I, I heard oh, a yeah. defensive coordinator in college talk about how they've got 10 different cover three calls in a zone match. OK, so it could be a number of different keys. But in one one case scenario, right, the number two receiver, if he goes deeper than seven yards, it's Savage's responsibility to now man up on him and cover him in man coverage. Basically, essentially, you follow him everywhere. Right. If that number two doesn't go deeper. Then he goes looking for work, which essentially means he can slide to the right, look for a backside dig. So there's a lot more processing going on. Think about all of the stuff he's got to, you know, uh, eliminate in his mind. Really, like Greg Cosell talks about quarterbacks on offense, elimination, isolation, right? So he's got to make those decisions in real time, make the right decision, then have the awareness 
the athleticism to break and get to where he can, you know, fit into the defense the best possible, uh, the best possible way, as opposed to a cover one, like we said, playing robber, where it's just as soon as that ball snapped, I'm covering that zone and I can get my eyes on the quarterback, read his eyes and make a play as opposed to, you know, the, the beautiful thing about zone defense is your, your eyes are on the quarterback, but in a zone match, you've got a key in on that number two. Look at his yeah. hip, look at his feet, look at what he's going to do. Okay. If he, if he chops mm-hmm. down here, unless it's a double move, I'm free to do what I need to do on this play. If he doesn't chop down, I got to be ready to carry him down the seam, all those things. So um, I'm with you on that, Jake. I think it's a very, very good, analysis man so um let's do this let's uh let's get back i'm going to talk about the top 10 really quick yeah. um on my board we had jalen carter um we had quarterback bryce young edge defender will anderson cornerback uh, christian gonzalez quarterback cj stroud let's stick with the top five here or, or we're never going to get through this <laughs> we, we've been rambling the whole time we've been me um, so talk exactly <laughs> for a little bit <laughs> number one jalen carter right mm-hmm. um obviously he was my number one player on the board. I imagine he was probably yours, if not in the top three, I'm sure. Yes, number one as out, well. Grading out 91.6 on PFF as a rookie. He is the number He's one defender. Cooking. That's crazy. Um, and, and again, here's here's an example, Jake. Yeah. He was drafted at number 10, right, by Philly? Am I thinking uh, right? Nine. They moved up one with Chicago. They flipped, gotcha. yeah. Uh-huh. So people say, well, he wasn't available in the Packers pick. It's okay to trade up. If you it know is. it's a generational talent, yeah. right, and, mm-hmm. and that's the part that it's just yeah. the ego's kind of getting in the way. It's right back to the third round comment that Goody made the other day. Most of these top 100s are in our top 50. Well, you're missing on your top 50, Hosscat. I hate to be break news. Like you gotta, you gotta yeah. do something. Yeah. You gotta be willing to take a swing every now and then, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, I agree. Ed is getting upset with me. I'm getting too loud. I'm puppy sitting over here with the chef. <laughs> um, quarterback uh, Bryce Young. I don't want to say it's a miss because it is a dumpster fire yeah, in I'm Carolina. Not, I'm not but, too worried. I, it's been better, I think, the last couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I think PFF is is on board with that as well. It yeah. seems like the rhythm is there a little bit more uh, offensively. He's found his guy in Thielen a ton, uh, and Thielen's been if boy if they didn't have Thielen, oh my god, <laughs> good yeah. night. They are, and it it shouldn't be shocking that that Mingo athletic freak who I think just has. He kind of, when he's asked to do a lot with, with the route tree and stuff, he's not playing full speed. You could tell uh, that he's like, all right, how far do how, how far do I have to run this route? How deep do I go? When do I break, right? Where am I kind of, am I trying to move this corner or just can I run the route? Like, okay, how, how deep do I have to run this if this linebacker's dropping? Like, he's very much, he's thinking so much right now when he's running routes, especially yeah. from the slot. Like, it, it, and that was the thing in college. So Bryce Young doesn't have a lot right now the tight end room's not great like Iki Aquano has not played well at left tackle we thought the O-line was going to be good for him mm-hmm. yikes it is a it is a disaster okay definitely so we'll take this time to kind of look at the quarterbacks okay my first yeah. quarterback was Bryce Young in the number two spot um he's grading out 54.2 he's the third best rookie quarterback with the minimum snaps applied obviously we're not interested in six snaps or Dontavian yeah. Wicks is awesome PFF grade as a quarterback okay oh, um, <laughs> which it was fun to watch uh, so Bryce Young coming in at number two in the number five spot I had CJ Stroud he is the top graded quarterback at 72.3 I had a listener actually um 
actually message me and and say, Clayton, what? How does your quarterbacks look in this draft? How do you grade them? And I explain to them the boring answer that I give everybody. I don't grade players. I simply compile the information and create a board. I said, but and they said, well, do you mind to? So I did an episode where I did that. And the way my grades came out was actually C.J. Stroud. Or no, it was Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Um, but when when I had C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young kind of together, I felt like C.J. Stroud was the better passer. But I took Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud barely. I mean, they were real close simply because Bryce Young had all that experience, had all that success at Bama, working under someone like Nick Saban. Um, I thought he would be the better quarterback, and he probably still will be. Um, it's just so early. But, yeah, C.J. Stroud, yeah. to me, the people that were saying Anthony Richardson was better than C.J. Stroud, I had I just couldn't figure it out other than – and my answer is always this, Jake. You know, yeah. C.J. Stroud's somewhat mobile too, right? Not quite yeah. like Anthony Richardson. Oh, for sure. But I always say, okay, the rules change. The NFL changed the rules, and quarterbacks aren't allowed to scramble. Now, where are you taking that quarterback now? That's why that's I sway fair. in the other direction. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> hey, that's fair. That's very fair. fair. Um, um, you know, not that they would ever change the rules, but if you really look mm-hmm. at it from a pure passer standpoint, that's what kind of kind of sticks out to me. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Look at this. I, I got to hit this super chat right now. I know you're going to be excited. Why don't you read it there, Jay? All right. So Togarul Askarov donates $2, says, just joined in. How do you feel about J.J. McCarthy? <laughs> I, he's taking he's taking a step this year. Uh, it, it is very evident. Um, it looked like the best way to put this, and I – I hate to give up stuff that I I wrote down and I'm going to release as an article, but I'm going to I'm going to give it to y'all right here. It in past seasons, McCarthy, especially last season, McCarthy felt like the cart, the horse that was pulling him was Corum was uh, it was Donovan Edwards, right? The running game, the offensive line, the defense was pulling McCarthy along, and he was just kind of doing not necessarily the minimal thing, but he was doing you know enough, not turning the ball over, making the right decisions. And just kind of executing the offense, something we kind of talked about a little bit before the season started, where it was like, okay, could Jordan Love just kind of execute the offense and just not like play too outside of himself and just play composed? And that's what McCarthy did last has done. And I think he maybe the year before he got in as well, but last year when he was the starter through and through, this year he looks like the horse pulling the cart. <laughs> it looks different now. He is making all these high leverage throws. You know, he is dominating in the intermediate area of the field, something that I think a lot of quarterback CJ Stroud did the same thing last year. Intermediate, he was aggressive, confident. The, the placement was unbelievable with Stroud. McCarthy's getting to that point. And guy's got a live arm. The arm talent's there. He can scramble a little bit, but he doesn't often rely on it. I mean, Put watching, he has to. He has. We got to see it against Penn State and Ohio State, but he looks. Yeah. He looks a lot better. It's it's yeah. a step, and it's a it's a big step in the right direction for him. Good stuff. Appreciate that, man. Tober, yeah. thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate you. Um, I know. Uh, let's see here. Goose in the chat says McCarthy would look great in green and gold. Like I said, that's the reason I wanted to prod Jake a little bit there. But uh, anyway, um, let's see here. Uh, this is Goose says, yeah, there's still got to remember there's still a lot of developing to do. Oh, talking sure. about the roster, absolutely oh, for sure. Now there's not there's not any more developing to do with Darnell Savage or you know mm-hmm. some of these guys that have been, yeah. you know, there, there's some. It's like holy cow. Um, they're you know, like Mike Wall said. I don't know what they do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess they stopped developing. Right. I don't know. Right. Uh, I Drew, will say what Drew said. 
that's a lot of developing left to do with the draft class as well. What we're talking about, right? The early grades, nice to see, right? I, I don't think Carter's going to necessarily drop down to a 50 anytime soon, right? For a full season. But some of the guys that were in the first round, you know, Van Ness included, you know, can can easily make that jump next season, the year after, and and really deliver uh, in their draft slot. But it's always, I think, when Clayton proposed this, it's like, let's look at the draft already after, after you know, almost half a season. I thought this is awesome. So, yeah, I think <laughs> there's so the cream of the crop. Some of the best of the best that, that a lot of people had graded have risen to the top already, like Stroud, uh, like Witherspoon, uh, like Carter. Right. And branch, of course, a lot of people love branch. So, but it'll be interesting to see how, how development goes for a lot of these guys. Definitely. And just a little update here. Uh, Georgia's beaten Missouri uh, 30 to, uh, to, 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 to 21. Missouri's okay. trying to drive with two minutes left. They just hit a back shoulder throw on a fourth and 14 and connected, but they're out of timeouts burden, too. This but... is, it's going to take a touchdown and an onside kick to get them back in that. But uh, I trust onside kicks more in college, so you know, we'll you got see. that right. You know, you got that right. Some things happen. Drew D with the super chat. Thank you, Drew. He said, "If the Packers pick fourth and can't get a quarterback, who's the best non-quarterback for us?" What do you think, Jake? I, I, I know for me, if he's there, I'm saying let's let's just go ahead and sure up left tackle with Joe Hall. That's just me personally, but it's early. It's very early. What will the Packers do? Who's the best non non QB? I mean, the best non QB in the draft is is Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm -hmm. And the second best non QB is Brock Bowers. Uh, will they do that? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't imagine they're they're going to be looking for Bowers uh, that high in the draft. I think they're going to like Fashanu a lot from Penn State. Super young, right? He could have entered the draft last year at nineteen if he wanted to. Uh, I think maybe just turned 20 right before the draft, but he is exceptionally talented as a pass blocker. Uh, you just see him so technically sound when he sets, right? I think a, a lot of guys, and you might see this a little bit where Zach Tom did this a little bit last year at right tackle when you're setting right. And, and you see guys are threatening to your outside shoulder. In this case, Tom's right shoulder, you see him turn the shoulders. And, and when you turn the shoulders too early, you're so susceptible to inside stuff, right? I think you're just not in a great position unless you absolutely know you have to vertical set. That's where you can get kind of dicey. That's where my little bit of an issue with alt, alt tends to open up just a little bit too early sometimes. But I will say, uh, but Fashan is really good in that area. I will say Joe Alt, if you go that direction, he looks way better with body positioning in the contact phase. It takes Fashanu time to anchor and get better positioning to for him to kind of sit down and bend the knees at contact. He's a little upright. Alt is so good at getting positioning for contact. The knees are bending so well for a six eight tackle. Whew. So I'm I'm good either way. I'm good either way. You can tell. Uh, I think been, the, you can tell I've been talking to to Mike Wall because that's the thing I notice about Alt is his feet. <laughs> yeah. I watch his feet and I'm like, man, this oh, is man. this kind of looks like Bakhtiari and how he gets in position, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but, and Zane said we need run blockers. Alt does that as well. Yeah. Uh, Shauna struggles with a little bit of play strength, moving guys off the ball. Alt does not struggle there. He does not. 
Let's talk about that a little bit here. And and I yeah. got to make sure you correct me if this isn't a draft year for some of these players. You know college way better than me. Um, again, Joe Alt, he's leading PFF at an 89.9 before today. His run blocking grade is an 81.9. His pass block is a 92.8. Now, if you're talking about whoever mentioned in the chat run blocking, uh, of the top five, top ten guys, maybe the best. Yeah, it looks like the best run blocker altogether. Yeah is uh, from Air Force – I'm I'm sorry, not Air Force, but LSU, Will Campbell, at an 85.1, and he's also got a pass blocking grade of 78.2, which he may be a right tackle. Do you know anything about Will Campbell, Jake? I know I don't. I don't, which means it it might be uh, a young young buck. I think he is. I think somebody mentioned about him as a a, uh, kind of a a big ad in, um, in the recruiting trail. Uh, he is a sophomore. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay, cool. So yeah, not eligible, but there you go. Keep looking even further down when the draft's in green Bay. (laughs) There you go. Campbell. Benchmark that one right there. Bookmark it. That's, that's going to be our guy. uh, And again, Drew, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. Hopefully that answered your question. Toll girl. Thank you for the super chat. He said, it might be too far fetched, but what if uh, draft a quarterback in the first round, but still give one last chance to love. And if he plays awesome, what then? You know, here's the thing about quarterback, and this is Greg Cosell 101. Um, there's two drafts every year. You've got the NFL draft and you've got the NFL quarterback draft. And yeah. typically what you notice if you really look at the information, you look at the data, teams are willing to take a quarterback one tier lower than the current tier on their board. They're that valuable, right? They're yeah. willing to reach a touch. And I think that's what they did with Jordan Love personally. They realized, okay, this is the last guy in this top tier for us. Not that he was the top tier in the entire draft, but the top current tier Let's trade up and go grab him and give him a shot, right? So, mm-hmm. again, people act like not not you, Togro, not anybody in the chat, but there are people that act like, well, you spent a first round pick on Jordan Love, you can't you can't draft another quarterback. Did we already forget about Brian Brom? Like, come on, guys, we took yeah. Brian Brom when Aaron Rodgers first year starting quarterback. We yeah. took him, I think, in early in the second round, if I remember, early to mid second round. So, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I mean, you you just got to swing like the 49ers do, man. You know, that's what they did. They traded whatever it was, a second-round pick for Jimmy G, right? They mm-hmm. weren't satisfied with that, so they went and drafted Trey Lance. Listen, it was a swing and a miss, right? But they also got Brock Purdy. Now they've got their franchise quarterback. There right. you go. That's okay. how you've got to secure the most important position in the game. You've got to. I so, remember Bill Belichick saying, like, even if you didn't draft a QB high, just draft one in the middle rounds, like, every year or every other year. Because you never know, right? Like, they're, they're, you could hit a dime in the rough. It's not likely but you're still doing that, doing that swinging. So yeah, I can't imagine that green Bay leaves the draft without one uh, in April, to be honest, uh, even yeah. if it's in the middle rounds, I know yeah. I saw, I know I saw Chris N say that Shadur Sanders is a baller. I yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, and goose said, it's going to be may, which I got to <laughs> make a, I got to make something for, for stream yard for that, for that, uh, got to, just man. to be able to reference it all yeah. the way through draft season until he's picked. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. So I'm going to work on that. Since you're using StreamYard like I am, I'm going to create you a, just a quick three-second video. Of it's going to be May. All right? I got you. I'm on it. Um, yeah, Shadur Sanders, he, he does. He's He's got a little bit of his dad in him. He's got a lot of his dad in him, really. Um, yeah. I know that Dion said he wouldn't go to the pros, but I'm telling you, man, I – I just see an owner going up to him and saying, listen, we're going to make you an offer that there's absolutely no way you can refuse. Oh, and by the way, we guarantee we will draft your son. That's going to be hard to make happen if you don't have the number one pick. Right. But I could see someone uh, someone trying to do that because Dion's got that swag. I mean, he's he's been a lot of fun to watch. And I, I had no idea until he went on this coaching stint, Jake, that mm-hmm. he was so old school. I was one of those guys that's like, I don't like how flashy he is. When you really get a peek behind yeah. the scenes, mm-hmm. he is the real deal, man. Yeah. yeah. And and to Shadur, like, I, I think he would be no question third QB off the board at this point. Like, I, I don't think there's any question. I think the reason that right now in the draft circles, why there's such a such a contention for everybody who's QB three, like they're trying to figure that out, is because of the uncertainty with Sanders right now. And 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 him basically have and, and Dion had basically already said like he's coming back. So I think there's there's obviously that question. Mm-hmm. But if he goes, no, no, uh, I, you'll not have an argument for me if Green Bay takes him the first. So definitely, definitely. All right, let's do this. Um, we're almost out of time here, so we're gonna rattle off the the <laughs> the final of my top five there. That we we started off saying we're gonna do top twenty, then we cut it down to top ten. Now we're down to top five. So um, the other two that popped yeah. up were Will Anderson and Christian Gonzalez. Um, you guys know I was a big Christian Gonzalez fan. That's another one that I wish we would have traded up to try to nab uh, before the Patriots got him. Didn't even uh, have to. Yeah. Well, that's that's right. Yeah. He Didn't even have to. Could have taken him at 13. There you go. So Christian or Will Anderson was number three on my board. He's grading out as a 79.7. I know a lot of people didn't like him. There was people that came out and said, oh, he's too stiff. He's too that. I just don't see it. He's a 79.7. He's the number number four best defender amongst rookies, all right, of this year's uh, this past year's draft class. And then at number four was Christian Gonzalez, 80.8. He was the number three defender of this year's draft class. So uh, 
that's how my top five rounded out. Really the only miss, and I can't say it's a miss because it's Bryce Young, and we got to see if he develops, especially yeah. that, that dumpster fire down there. Like you said, mm-hmm. he, like he might be creating a little bit of – little bit of uh, success, but uh, Will Levis is one I do want to honorably mention that I want to get your Come take. Um, Will Levis, I had at number eight. I got crucified for it. Um, <laughs> I had him as the number eight prospect. He's great down to 63.4, and he's the third best quarterback of this uh, rookie class. You guys heard me talking about it on Twitter. I got attacked pretty, pretty tough, uh, pretty hard for it there, Jake. But when I watched yeah. that game the other night, I see accuracy. I see quick release. Those are two of the top four things that I need in a yeah. quarterback, man. I need pre-snap read, post-snap, you know, uh, decisiveness, read, whatever you want to call it. I need quick release. I need accuracy. Notice there's no throwing power on that list, but if no. there were, Will Levis might have the strongest arm in this this past draft. He's got a freaking cannon. But Yeah, him and Richardson were yeah. throwing just absolute lasers. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, w- with Levis, I think there were – there's so much to like physically that I think people kind of maybe forgot a little bit of like how much turnover there was with the Kentucky offense uh, from 21 to 22, where, you know, his top option was probably freshman Barry and Brown at wide receiver. They had a couple freshmen at wide receiver that played a ton of snaps last year and, and losing, losing Fortner, right. They lost a couple more offensive linemen who went later in the draft in 22 as well. So he was kind of fighting for his life a little bit out there. Uh, he, he always threw a really, really good deep ball. You see him throw in, you know, 40, 50 yards down the field on the money. He's hitting 22 yard, 25 yard back shoulder throws. There were a couple against Georgia where he's hitting those. And you're just like, ah, yes, this is, this is it. And I think the one thing I think it was with Richardson as well, truthfully, it it was okay. Can you hit the layups? Can you? Yep. When when it's when there's stuff behind the line of scrimmage, right? When when maybe you know you're feeling a little bit of that pressure, and you have the check down available, or you have you know read three available, and it's 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 a shorter throw. Can you hit some of those? There was some stuff over the middle. It was short and intermediate, I think, for me with him, where he was just missing a little bit behind, right? And I feel like the accuracy was really good outside the numbers. It just felt like, all right, can we can we work on layering throws with accuracy? Can we can we? When the pocket's closing, can we hit the running back in the check down? Because I just feel like he was missing high. I think he the changeup with him is a little bit of a struggle, which is weird because it feels like he throws such a beautiful rainbow down the field. And I think you saw it in the Pittsburgh game too, Clayton. It was it might have been on that final drive. Ty J Spears isn't big. He's a look, he's, he's a smaller player. Can't miss him, you know, a foot and a half, two feet high on yep. some of the checkdowns. I get it. I get it. He can he has the potential to go get that ball. Right, can't put it all on on, on Levis, but just make sure you got a catchable ball for him to it's make still a play after the catch. Yeah, nonetheless, it's, it's, yeah, it's not on target. It would not be for, for a lot of people who are charting on target throws. It would not be an on target throw. And I think okay. the other thing is there are times where he's just kind of running into pressure. There was one because I went through all this, this stuff and put a video out on Levis against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. There was one play where it was tougher to decipher if he was just running into pressure because they had a blitzer. Atlanta sent a corner off off the edge on a blitz. And you'd be like, all right, well, anybody's going to feel that corner coming and just try to evacuate the pocket, right? So he kind of ran into pressure. I don't think he assumed that that Peter Skaronsky was going to somehow turn tail and actually pick up the guy outside of the tackle as a left guard. Uh, but like, hey, that might be on Will Levis, not scouting Skaronsky, right? Like maybe he's just not doing scouting, right? Obviously, he's prepping for the draft. He doesn't know how good Skaronsky is potentially, right? Yeah. But there, there are times still not including that play where it just felt like, okay, I'm running into pressure. Pressure is forcing me into, into some you know, wonky decision making. 
And and that's where you kind of sometimes get those turnover-worthy plays. I think he had three against Pittsburgh, and they were all in the final drive. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. yes, should were that were a couple of them the wrong decisions? Yes, in that game, are you 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 have to make something happen to go win the game? You do. Right. So, how do you weigh that? That's tough. But I, he is he's exceeding expectations. There's no doubt. He was a second round pick. See him playing like this for two weeks. Should have mm-hmm. been a second round pick. At least at least where we stand right now. Right, right. And that weeks. could all change for sure. sure. And as far as those throws, and that's what I was pointing out the other day, I can't remember who was talking about it, but, um, you know, they're like, well, his PFF grade's low. I'm like, you've got to watch. That's why it's important to watch the game. PFF isn't everything. We say it on here all the time. PFF is probably the tool I use the most. But mm-hmm. in a situation where you know it's a final drive and it's a you've got to go get it, and they're playing seven and eight-man coverage, and you're having to force the ball into coverage to try to get mm-hmm. the ball down the field, that's going to bring that that grade down significantly yeah. lower, right? And the other thing too that that was a positive for me was, man, he'll stand in there right, he'll stand and stare pressure right in the eye. But yes. also, you're going to see some strip sacks this year. He's going to get strip yeah. sacked yeah. quite a bit. So he's really got to know mm-hmm. when that he's a big guy. He's not worried about getting hit and rightfully right. so. But if he don't protect that football, right? Um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of fumble. Yeah. And, and, and that's the other thing, right? Pittsburgh's dropping eight. That's Pittsburgh. You know, we know what that defense is. There are going to be holes in that coverage, right? There's not going to be holes. I know the secondary is bad, but there's not going to be holes in that coverage. You're going to have to throw pinpoint balls yeah. against Pittsburgh. That's just, that's how it is, right? And when they're dropping eight, it's, it's, <laughs> it takes a significant jump and it's difficulty. So definitely. We're going to shift gears to just a little mini preview of the Packers Rams tomorrow. We'll also be live in the morning for the very first uh, episode of Good Morning Lambo, It's a new show we're going to be doing on here occasionally this uh, this season. But, uh, Jake, before we shift gears to Packers-Rams, anything else you want to hit on as we look back on this rookie class? Anything you want to mention about your big board? Maybe a big hit you had early, maybe a miss, whatever you want to mention. So I, I, will, I want to put just a couple quick things out there, really quick. Uh, Josh Downs going in the third round. What the heck was that? NFL <laughs> what are we doing what are we doing uh and you know what this might be a little point a little bit goody for a second here um I will say so I did I did some rankings for uh Cheesehead TV in their draft guide for the Packers I tried to keep those rankings more of what the Packers were doing and what they were interested in that's why I'd Hyatt put a little bit higher than where I had him because there was interest there and wanted to get more info on him in the guide I will say, so when I put the guide together, sort of the back end was more of more accurate rankings. So I had Wicks and both Wicks and Puka higher than Reed on the board. Uh, I would say Wicks is playing better in terms of separation than Reed is right now. I know Reed had the big game on Sunday. And obviously Puka, man, what a what a year for that oh, cat. Look at that. What a year for that cat right now. Like and, and the, the craziest thing about Puka right now is one, yeah, he's 22. Oh my gosh, I didn't know Bo was 25. That's wild as a rookie. Uh that's that sidetracked. Either. That's why wow. <laughs> Hello. Uh, but I with Puka, he's not even like fully developed as a route runner yet. Nope. That's what's wild. Like you see him stumbling in breaks. Like it, and and it, and I, I talked about this on the video I did on him pre-draft. It was like, all right, hip flexibility. It's not great for route breaks, yet when he's attacking post-catch, he's really good and he's proactive in that area. Body control, great hands, like he's catching the ball well. He has had some drops this year, there's no doubt. And and also the blocking, right? He, is the blocking the greatest right now? No, the grades aren't perfect. 
but he's he's making an impact in a McVay scheme, right? That 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 fit matters a ton right now because McVay's giving him space to work with. Puka's you know awareness and, and you know just finding the right amount of depth to run a certain route against this specific coverage. He's doing that, right? He's keeping some breaks tight, working back to the ball when zone coverage is closing on him. He's doing so well in all these little things that. You know, it's all right. Maybe he stumbles as a route runner a few times a game. Maybe he drops a pass here or there. Doesn't matter. He is otherworldly effective as a rookie right now. Oh, what what a what a year for him. This it's so cool when you got guys going in like the fifth round and sixth round that are that are balling right now. It, it is it is so much fun to watch. Again, when we did the preview too, I was like, I remember specifically saying, according to PFF, one guy yeah, to man. specifically watch out for is Puka Nakua. Yeah. And again, you I you look at the RAS, you think, okay, that's probably what steered them clear. But when we were talking about wide receivers here, uh, Jordan Addison was my top receiver, right? Mm, yes. um, and obviously on here, let's see where I've got him. I've got him wrote down here. Jordan Addison, I had him at number 16, okay? Um, he ended up being the number seven best receiver of this draft. Now, if you'll notice, there's the, the next receiver that I had on my board was Quentin Johnston at number 20. Look how far down he is, guys, 61.4. And this is exciting because – you know, when when the Packers were trading back, right? Well, first of all, there was a lot of people that got upset we didn't draft Quentin Johnson in the first round. Thank God not, they I did. I was not upset. Yeah, I wasn't either. <laughs> so when you look at the wide receivers, one other thing that happened to me, Jake, when they traded yeah. down that first time in the second round, mm-hmm. I immediately said, okay, they, they got somebody that nobody else is on right here that they like. Yeah. That's obvious, right? And then they mm-hmm. traded on a second time, and I went, whoa, 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 what is going on here? Like, who is it? And Jalen Hyatt was the best receiver on my board, right? Okay. And mm-hmm. bang, it was Jaden Reed. Well, according to PFF, Jaden Reed grading out as a 64.7. That's slightly higher than Jalen Hyatt. Um, so it looks like Goody right. might have gotten that one right. And the other one that's exciting. I wonder how much I wonder how much the grade changes really quick. It's not sorry to interrupt. I wonder how much the grade changes if you take the run blocking out, right? Look at that significant oh, yeah, yeah. difference too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like the receiving grades a little bit a little bit bigger of a difference, which is yeah, they know, are. Yeah. What he's referring to there is receiving grade for Jaden Reed is a sixty five point eight and mm-hmm. Jalen Heights is a sixty two point nine. And then of course Ahead of Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks at a 65.2 overall and a 63.3 receiving grade. His run blocking is exciting too, man, 72.3. Put him in that close split. If you're going to force it down our throat, LaFleur, with these nasty splits, Mm -hmm. make sure he's in there. Just don't – please don't – I don't want to see him – He's our puka. Yeah, I just don't want to see him crashing down on a 285 defensive lineman anymore, 285-pound defensive lineman. That's the tight end. That's the tight end's problem, not not Dontavian Wicks' problem. (laughs) Exactly. All right, this is – Super chat from Tallgirl says, uh, would you guys say that J.J. McCarthy is the third best quarterback right now? I think you said you thought Shador was, right? Yeah, I would take Shador over him right now. Where would you put J.J. right now, just right off the top of your head? I think it's it's really close between him and Daniels right now for four. It'll be interesting. Big board dropping Monday. We'll see. Both of them should be on there. I'm a little torn. I'm trying to figure out, but he's four or five right now. He He is in the top five. Got it. Good stuff. All right, we got a uh, Carly Ray in the house says, "Yo, all." She said, uh, "Standing front row, waiting for a concert to start." Glad this is uh, earlier today. Uh, that's awesome. So we got people at concerts. We got people sneaking to the back at work, watching the show. I love it, man. You yeah, guys man. are absolutely awesome, man. Anything to all get right. ready for Packers Sunday? Really quick, I know, I know, we got to get out of here. Devin Witherspoon, man. Oh yeah, let's Ooh-wee. do it. What a start. Number two of all defensive players drafted at an 84.4. 
on my board, I had him at number six. I uh, feel good about that. Yeah. So essentially what I have, if we go all the way to six where Witherspoon is, mm-hmm. I had the number one defender, the number three quarterback, the number four defender, the number three defender, the number one quarterback, and the number two defender. So we were all over it in the top yeah. ten. A couple people one, – one I missed on is Tyree Wilson. Missed real bad. I had him at number seven. He's the number yeah. 66 defender at 41.1. But, yeah, talk about De- Devin Witherspoon, man, because I know there are some people that actually liked him better than Christian Gonzalez, and PFF definitely agrees with that. Yeah, I had – so I had Witherspoon fifth right behind Gonzalez at four. Um, I did not have any of the QBs in the top five. They were right after that. But, yeah, Witherspoon is just – competitive toughness that's that so much of how he plays is is that type of player like if if he i can't believe the lions weren't interested i'm sure they were but obviously he goes five ahead of him at six right they don't get their guy there maybe that's who they wanted but i i I really i i just enjoy like he he is playing he is I i think he's defensive josh allen he is playing every play like it might be his last play like that's how he plays it. Like in coverage, they have him, they have him out wide. They put him in the slot when they've got some better talents there, right? The opposing offenses. So they're giving him a lot of different, different responsibilities in coverage, depending on if they're man or obviously zone match and they're letting him blitz. He's super effective there. You watch him close. It's, it's different. And, and you, you kind of saw that there's the highlight, obviously that went around pre-draft, right? Where was the, it was the first play against Indiana, right? He sees the screen. He's closing hard. And he just, he, he let, <laughs> He let it loose and just drills the guy. Uh, ball separates from from offensive player, uh, and just that's that's just how you set a tone early in a football game. Uh, he he did do that to Rondell Moore uh, the other week. He came up and, and and smoked him pretty good. So he's that he's got that enforcer type at corner, but he's also really good in coverage. Right, he'll play feisty through the catch point, and and clearly Seattle goes, yeah, we can just have him blitz. We can we can, we can have him cover wherever he wants to cover. Like he, he's clearly effective either way. So just the fact that they're giving him a lot of responsibilities and he's executing in all of them, it's just, it, it's awesome to see. And, and just for me as somebody who uh, went, uh, went here, right. <laughs> Love to see a player doing that well in the, in the league right now. Absolutely, it's it's really cool. So. He's a stud. And I remember them saying he was an attitude guy. He was one of those guys that, you know, it was, it was kind of like Jamal Adams is the first person I thought of when, when people talked about, Devin Witherspoon, it's like they were describing Jamal Adams. The problem was mm-hmm. Jamal Adams couldn't cover, and Devin Witherspoon can pretty much do anything. There's no yeah, doubt about he's it. He's so. really, really good. Yeah. All right, let's shift gears real quick before we get out of here. It's in the title. I've got to get better at doing this, Jake. I, I put a title up, and then I know people are going, you didn't even talk about that. So Listen, I did that last night. It's fine. <laughs> it, happens. it happens. Same thing. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about the game tomorrow, uh, Packers versus Rams. Um, let's kind of look at the summary from PFF real quick. Bang, there it is. Um, overall team metrics, they've got, as far as power ranking, the Packers 23rd, the Rams slightly better at 21st. Wow. The defense, the Rams defense, according to PFF, is booty cheeks at 27th. The Packers are right there in the middle at 17th. Uh, power rank on offense, however, the Rams are 6th, and the Packers are 22nd. Um, of course, strength of schedule, the Rams have played the 6th. Hardest uh, strength of uh, strength of schedule, to the best of my knowledge, we played the 25th. They've been uh, a lot a lot more tested, I guess you could say. Um, as far as percentage of run, it's pretty close. Uh, they run the ball 37 percent of the time. We run it 35 percent of the time. 
Uh, EPA per run, though, they're 0.03. We are negative 0.14. EPA per pass, they're 0.01. We're 0.02. Now, when you kind of look at the quarterback matchup, Matt Stafford having another great year, 83.7. Jordan Love at a 64.5. Okay, so that's how the summary looks. As far as the betting line, I'd like to hit on this real quick. Um, the market right now, as far as the spread, <clears throat> the Rams are three-point underdogs currently. And as far as the spread betting, um, there is 61% of the cash is on Green Bay and 54% of the tickets are on Green Bay to basically cover three points, okay? So that's that's a good chunk of the public that thinks the Packers are going to win by at least four, right? Now, mm-hmm. we mentioned Matt Stafford. It sounds like he's probably not going to play. I'm going to get your take on that here in just a second, Jake, sure. so if you've heard any, uh, any of the latest there. As far as the money line, um, it looks like 82% of the cash – is on Green Bay to win outright, but 79% of the tickets are on the Rams to win outright. I'm sure they got a a really good deal there on that. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of how the point spread looks. With that being said, again, we're not a gambling show. I don't condone gambling. I don't say everybody should go out there and gamble. Hey, you know, that's not me. I just like to point it out because it's another metric that we can kind of gauge. All right, where's the public at? How did Vegas open it up? That type of thing. All information is good information. So, sure. Jake, um, is Matt Stafford going to play? Have you heard? I know we've got the injury report. Have you heard anything? It's it, it, it's interesting because you get you get like Schefter and Rappaport. They put stuff out on Friday night. They put stuff out on Saturday night. There's a good chance we might hear at midnight tonight. I always I, I'm I'm always it's interesting when I'm watching college football. I watch the Pac-12 after dark, and like once that game finishes, Schefter tweet <laughs> who is playing. Like he does that all the time. It's really really interesting. Uh, but. I, it sounds like they're going to let him test it out, which to me is kind of wild. Like he goes, it's a right thumb. This is a, it's a tough injury to, to, to deal with, right? This is the throwing, this is the throwing hand, right? Fields is obviously more severe than Stafford's, but you can tell Fields can't grip the ball. It'll be interesting to see if Stafford can grip it pregame. I'm sure they're going to just maybe the games and ship it up. Even if he's not going to play, they just go, all right, let's trot him out there. Let's see him Absolutely. throw a couple, right? And, and, and just see if, if Green Bay's, you know, thinking about him or not right so yeah i i i would lean towards no i think the rams if you're just looking the rams long term they have played a really tough schedule this point they still have some tough tough games left but one game for them isn't going to take them out of the race uh and it could obviously be detrimental to stafford who has dealt with a ton of injuries uh in his career and and quite a few ones that that have often lingered so Again, it's a right thumb. Well, I don't think it's going to linger, but it just seems like this is this is one that, like like Drew says, it might be a detriment having him out there with a right thumb injury throwing the football around the yard. So, yeah, we'll see. Much, much like Aaron last year, you know, it was yeah. uh, you've seen that completion percentage dip down from sixty seven percent, or I'm sorry, sixty six percent, all the way down to sixty one percent, and uh, it's still just wild to me that. With a broken thumb on your throwing hand, he's still more accurate than Jordan. <laughs> yeah, and, and the other thing is obviously you know temperature drop. Right, Rams are playing in LA. Right, they're playing in the West Coast. West Coast doesn't necessarily get as cold, even if you go to Seattle. Obviously, it's going to be a pretty mild day in Green Bay, so that yeah. could factor in as well. Right, if it was if it was thirty two and snowing, <laughs> I imagine we probably wouldn't see him. <laughs> I, I think they'd want to preserve that, but it's a mild day, so it'll we'll see, we'll see. They've they've kept it pretty close to the vest, so definitely. All right, so there you go. Just a little mini preview. We got it in in ten minutes. Good stuff, Jake. Um, like I said, we're uh, we're going to be back tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow morning for uh, Good Morning Lambo, the uh, first episode. And it'll obviously be a little pregame show. So we'll probably go live at about ten thirty. 
um, 10.30 Central Time and, and hopefully live on the air when the actives, inactives hit and kind of give you guys the most up-to-date information there. Actually, I got a quick intro I'm going to play here. Jake, watch your ears in case it comes in hot. Yeah. This is that secondary one. It's a little bit lower, but here's a little intro we put together. Don't laugh too hard. We're, we're working on things around here. So like I said, tomorrow we'll debut that and uh, just uh, try to get in the groove. It won't be every day, but we're going to try to get you a morning show and an evening show pretty much on a daily basis. If not, maybe maybe two, three, four morning shows a week. So that's the plan. Jake, you got any parting thoughts, buddy? Tune in tomorrow morning. That's all I got. <laughs> hey, all if I got. you're available, if you're available, I don't know if you go to church or not, but if you're available, feel free to swing through, man. I'll, I'll make all sure right. you get the link in the morning. So Yeah, sounds good. Sounds All right, good. man. Cool. Well, Jake, right. thank you so much. Dude. This was absolutely awesome. Guys, yeah. listen to me. Follow him on Twitter um, at Jake NFL Draft. Okay. At capital J, A-K-E, capital N, capital F, capital L, capital D, R-A-F-T. No spaces. At Jake NFL Draft. Also, check out his YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe. Awesome content over there. I know anytime he goes live, I'm usually working on a pod, working on content over here, and I got it on right here in the background. So appreciate everything you do for the network, Jake. You're awesome, buddy. Yeah, and uh, great show. And like I said, for all people that watching right now, you better tune in tomorrow. I better see you there. I'll be there even if it's not live. I'll be in the comments with y'all, but I better see y'all there. I mean, monitoring a hall monitor over here. Yeah, yeah. I'll be taking attendance, 1030. (laughs) If you're not there, 1030. You're going to have some problems. In the upper right corner, guys, you can scan that QR code, and that'll send you to Packernet Podcast where you can find Jake's It's Always Draft Season Podcast. Absolutely awesome stuff there. Sometimes he throws in some bonus stuff as well. So um, that's where you can find it. With that being said, we're out of here. I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys were absolutely awesome. Um, let's see here. We've got uh, – just want to give a special shout-out to the Super Chats, Tallgirl, Drew, um, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for uh, supporting the stream. We we definitely don't take it lightly. So with that, we're out of here. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the alley.